You're listening to the Financial Safari News Network. Each and every week I talk to very interesting people. And the most important part is that I shouldn't be the only one hearing it. I really feel that if these people make sense to me, that everyone out there needs to hear it. So stay tuned, folks, and I hope you enjoy this newest weekly segment on Coach Listens. For the Financial Safari News Network, I'm Dave Perkins. Talking with Pete Trabuco. Pete wears many hats. He is a top travel expert. He's a TV host, an author, and an actor, and a DJ. But we're going to talk to him concerning his amusement park expert hat today. And his book is A Personal Guide to the Best Thrill Rides in Amusement Water Parks. Hello, Pete. Hello, how are you doing? Hope you're having a great day. Having a great day and looking forward to the conversation here. I happen to love rides and I love amusement parks. And I know that you haven't always loved rides. You had to overcome a bit of a fear of rides, didn't you? Absolutely. And one of the things uh, that I did for my first book, which is America's Top Roller Coasters and Amusement Parks, was to actually take notes I had done because I was afraid of roller coasters. My daughter was born and I wanted to not miss out on those experiences. So I I actually started riding roller coasters, even though I'm a pilot. I've done (laughs) aerobatics. uh, I've done some crazy stuff in my life. I had that childhood fear of, of roller coasters. So I wrote the first book as therapy to actually get past that fear. And, and it was a childhood fear that eventually, once I realized that, you know, coasters are safe and some of the stuff I've been doing is a lot more crazier than, than the roller coasters, but the rush is still there. You know, the feeling of, of, of doing aerobatic maneuvers that you would normally do in an airplane tied to the ground on a, on a rail, it became a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable. Well, and, and yes, you are a pilot. I guess it's a control thing then. You know, it boils down to when I was very young when I first went on the ride. It was in Coney Island, and basically I just didn't like the feeling of it. And, you know, any fear that you have, whether it's roller coasters or fear of flying, fear of insects, fear of anything, if you don't confront it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and to the point where you're just not even willing to try to overcome it. What I tell people, and obviously in, in chapters of my book, I, I go over the basic ideas and, or basic concepts in order to overcome that fear. You've really got to hit, you know, hit them head on and basically get over the fear that way. And you find out most of the time that uh, there was nothing to be afraid of. So this was somewhat of therapy for you, but you became an, an amusement park expert in, in the process. Um, how, how are you an expert in amusement parks? Well, you know, uh, my full-time job, I travel. I'm in a, uh, aviation, and, and basically I was visiting a lot of different places all over the country. And, and basically there's two things you can do when you're visiting aviation people or customers or clients or whatever. is sit in a hotel, wait mm. for the meeting, and go, or you can go out and do two things. And one of the things was uh, I love ballparks and stadiums, so whenever I get a chance, I'll go to them. Or I will go to an amusement park and, and ride roller coasters with customers, clients, or just by myself. And, and while I'm there, you know, write little notes about uh, the, the different rides and what I experienced and so on. So that's pretty much how I got into it, other than the fact that after I overcame the fear, it became enjoyable. And again, I'm getting older. I don't really do any aerobatics anymore or, or crazy things in an airplane because, you know, you're older. And so, But this is the same rush. It's uh, not nearly as intense as, let's say, you know, doing a loop-de-loop or or an animal man uh, in an airplane, a uh, souped-up aircraft. But the, the G-forces are there, both negative and positive, and 
it's definitely still a rush. Oh, they certainly are, and even more so with roller coasters now. Your book, A Personal Guide to the Best Thrill Rides in Amusement Water Parks, is a must-read for any amusement park enthusiast because you offer some tips and reveal some secrets, too. I happen to love rides and always have. Hate the lines, but in your book, you offer tips on how to avoid the lines. How do you do that besides pick a rainy day to go? Well, you got it right there with the rainy day. I mean, you can do a lot of things if you don't mind having a little rain in your face. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of things you can do. For, the first thing you should do is never, and I mean never, go to an amusement park uh, during midday. Midday is when everyone is there. Okay. It's hot. There's a lot of big lines. So what I always tell people is if you're going to go, go early morning or go late evening, because at that point, people have, have had it. They, 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 you know, <laughs> normally they want to go back to the hotel, maybe get something to eat, and they're not going to really stay at, at that location. So what I tell them is that's one of the major tips is go early morning or go late day. Now, when the park uh, opens, the first thing you should do, if you're not doing a fast pass, get to the rides you want to get early, immediately, as soon as you get there. You want to get to whatever location that you can get to. And, of course, Disney's got a great program where you can actually fast pass everything on your cell phone you can do it at home you can do it whatever you need to do and that makes it a heck of a lot easier to avoid those lines and here's my biggest one this is the one i i kind of like the most is normally when you go on a a ride a thrill ride or, or just any event that goes on at these amusement parks if you go on the single line which means just you it's so much faster. For example, at the Harry Potter ride, um, if you're on that, it could be two, three hours before you get on oh. the actual 3D ride. But on a single line, 10 minutes. Now, it's certainly not cheap to get into these places, but you have some tips on discounts available. Yes, uh, in order to uh, save money, real simple. During the springtime, you're going to see an all-convenience store. You're going to see specials to all the amusement parks, all the local ones in, in, in your area. And there's about 2,000 amusement parks throughout uh, North America. So you're going to see these are convenience stores and, and, and the special gifts that are going on where they do the special. Besides, also, another way to save money is if, like, during the holidays, like Thanksgiving and, and, and Christmas, when you're up in the northeast area or the northern portions, once you do something like that, they give you a discount for the water parks as well as everything else that goes on. So let's say you pay $50 to go to a Christmas thing or whatever, uh, and it's just a one-day thing. For another $50, they will throw in, uh, and again, this is just examples. It could be higher and lower depending on that. But for the same price that you paid or less, you can get a, a season pass, which normally would be in, in the hundreds of dollars to do that. So that's a special as well. You can go online. Disney's always having great things, as well as Universal and the Cedar Fair operations and Bush Gardens, where you uh, get airfare, hotel. There are meal plans that are absolutely amazing, as long as you, uh, you don't mind going to the places that are listed. You can save a lot of money. And here's one way you can save a lot of money. People don't know this too much, but any Disney park, especially um, mostly all the parks around the country, if you ask for ice water, Just ice water. They have to give it to you. By law, they have to give it to you. So you could save a lot of money just by going over to a booth, not paying for the soda, not paying for whatever. Just go over, ask for ice water, and they will give it to you every single time. And that will save you a lot of money in the long run. Oh, it certainly will over that that $10 Coke. You know, we were talking about King's Dominion, and when I was there last, and I'm not afraid of roller coasters, but I don't like blacking out. And the Intimidator, I actually did black out, I guess, because of the G-force. Are you seeing more of that in roller coasters today than in the past? 
Well, the thing is, uh, you know, when you have rides that go up to 5G's, an Intimidator is one of the best uh, out there. I mean, there's, there's even bigger ones and faster ones, but, but the bottom line is Intimidator is great. What, what you need to, to do is this. Number one, and these are the things I, as a pilot, I learned this. When you're doing high G maneuvers, you need to grunt, groan, or scream. Now, if you're not wearing a G suit like a pilot that keeps the blood up into the upper extremities, you're going to experience what we call brownout or tunnel vision, and eventually you might be able to black out. If if you're not hydrated enough water-wise, you can black out. So what I I tell people is if you're going to ride rides like Intimidator, uh, you want to make sure, first of all, that that you're, you're definitely hydrated, but also... Scream. Keep the blood up into your upper extremities. Do not close your eyes. Focus on a point, because that's what you do when you're flying aerobatics. You focus on a point, and at that point, uh, you'll have fun. And where else can you actually scream your lungs off and not get arrested? So it's a great great way to do it. Well, for most people, that wouldn't be a problem, because most are screaming. What's your favorite roller coaster? Well, the the ones that I'm riding at the time, basically, uh, Intimidator is one of my favorite. It, uh, obviously, Volcano, even though it was a slower roller coaster, it was the first to to use that uh, uh, that uh, limb launch or magnetic launch system. But right now, I would say that uh, on the cover of my first book, America's Top Roller Coasters and Amusement Parks, uh, you've got Millennium Force out of Cedar Point, Sandusky, Ohio, a 300 foot, 95 mile an hour marvel. While most rides are coming back into the, the train station this one's only halfway so uh, that's probably one of my favorite but there's so many good ones I I mean right now we've got some great ones Jersey Devil at Six Flags Great Adventures coming out uh, with a new ride Icebreaker at SeaWorld is going to be an amazing ride Uh, Texas Stingray over at San Antonio these are all great fantastic rides that are that are just coming into being and they're going to give these these older rides uh, a run for their money I know King Dakar is super fast in the U.S., but I believe, and I may be wrong here, the fastest at this point is in the United Arab Emirates. Is that uh, Formula Rosa? That's correct. Formula Rosa at Ferrari, I guess Ferrari World uh, in the Dubai area, and that goes from zero to 150 miles an hour in about two and a half to three seconds. So if you ever wanted to know what it's like to be on an aircraft carrier in an F-18 and get, <laughs> and get shot off the catapult, uh, believe it or not, this is a, a more of an experience because, remember, you don't have a canopy or glass blocking all the wind, so if you want an immediate facelift from the 5Gs or 6Gs on takeoff, uh, this is the way to go. And right now, Kindercar still is the tallest roller coaster okay. uh, at 455 feet, but it lost the speed record uh, to, um, to that ride. What is your favorite? We've talked about roller coasters. What's your favorite or most thrilling non-roller coaster ride? Well, you know, I I love uh, the old style uh, rides. Basically, I, I would say my my favorite non. No, again. You've, you've got to put into many considerations here because my non-coaster, I would say, soaring is actually one of my favorites uh, in that basically it, it is a simulation, but it's actually an amazing experience. Obviously, an Avatar now, which has uh, it, another version of uh, Animal Kingdom. These rides are so realistic, and as a pilot, I can tell you, you, it almost feels like you're actually hang gliding on soaring, so that's a great one. The Mummy, even though it is a semi-roller coaster, 
over at Universal Studios. A lot, again, a lot of that is basically simulation. And one of the first ones to come out that's not a roller coaster that I had the most fun with and is probably one of the most popular rides is the old Superman ride uh, over at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. So these are great rides. They're simulation rides, but at the same time, uh, uh, they are just absolutely amazing and uh, you know, ones I would recommend. Thrill rides seem so American. Were they born in the U.S.? Well, the first uh, roller coaster in the United States was in 1884. I was at Coney Island of all places, and it was uh, it was a great ride. Uh, Marcus Thompson, J. Marcus Thompson, was the person who did that. Uh, it only went about seven miles an hour, oh. basically. So if you had a top hat on, you could probably <laughs> just keep your top hat on, and, and nothing would have happened. Right. Uh, but you have to go uh, way back for the first roller coasters, which were basically more like toboggan. You have to go back to Russia, oh. uh, in which uh, that's where those uh, the, the rides actually originated, and they put them on to, on like uh, mountain areas, and, and it was more like tobogganing. But at the same time, it did have a rail, so you'd have to say that they were the first okay. uh, to actually invent uh, uh, these type of roller coasters that would go on a rail down a mountain, uh, a snowy mountain in these cases, um, and that's pretty much where it would start. But uh, uh, Marcus Thompson would be the, the person who. Who created it at Coney Island way back and again it was 1884 if I believe. Talking with Pete Trebuco whose book is a personal guide to the best thrill rides and I know that you offer well reveal some secrets at amusement parks and I know one that you touch on is the feral cats at Disneyland. Yeah, uh, believe it or not, you know there are a lot of secrets out there that that basically uh, that they have, and one of them, uh, and uh, we've all seen the football game uh, over at MetLife Stadium with the uh, with the Giants, where the cats come out of nowhere onto the field. And yeah. yes, uh, believe it or not, uh, you'll find at Disney World and Disneyland um, that there are just many many things. In fact, every park will have stray cats, uh, stray dogs, and and other uh, animals that basically are living there now. Are they actually um, supposed to be there? Of course not. But um, do do the people that work at these staff and, and the cast members see them? Of course they do. But uh, the bottom line is uh, they try to not to have that because, again, uh, sanitary reasons. You really don't want uh, cats or animals uh, in the same places and you know as as humans without being taken for and, and so yeah. on down the line. Uh, secret wise, I don't know if you know this, but the haunted mansion. Believe it or not, there are uh, there's actually living remains of people at the Haunted Mansion. Oh, wow. What happens is that a lot of people will actually throw the ashes down of their loved ones when no one is looking uh, at the park. And this oh. has been done for many, many, many years. Now, the secret is basically there are cameras now, and you can no longer do that. Uh, and if they do that, believe it or not, they have to close the ride down, and hazmat has to be called in in order to, to clean that up. But in the past, before the cameras were set up, and this is a secret that a lot of people don't know, people were doing that. And it actually, that means it actually could really be haunted. You never know. Yes, it could. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Trabuco, who's author of A Personal Guide to the Best Thrill Rides and Amusement Water Parks. Thanks for joining us, Pete. Thank you so much, and you have a great day.